This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Until Freedom's back, we just were cleaning up an office. We just opened an office on West Market Street. Give it up for that. That's good. You know, we wanted to have a headquarters for both the national folks and the local folks here. We need a kind of place to operate out of, you know, got some good space over there to be able to do some workshops and trainings and also um, be able to set up phone banks and just kind of just have a place to operate out of. Because, you know, us, we'd be homeless if we go from place to place. So we wanted to have a home um, for us here uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. So we said, while we're already out here, might as well bring our friends together for an important family meeting. And I know all of you have been invited to an important family meeting where somebody in your family sat you down and said, this is something very urgent that we gotta talk about. And the urgent conversation in this family meeting is that Attorney General Daniel Cameron cannot and will not be the governor of the state. Over our dead People will say to us, but Attorney General Daniel Cameron, it looks like he may not actually make it, meaning that he won't win this election. But what I say to people all the time, it's not enough to make him lose an election. You gotta, you gotta crush him in an election right. with a mandate. Right. It can't be no 5,000 votes or 7,000 votes right. or 10,000 votes. Right. There has to be a mandate sent to Daniel Cameron that then goes across the country that folks like Daniel Cameron cannot win anywhere else in this country. This is 2023. We are about to be set up for 2024. So if y'all let a Trump-endorsed candidate either win or only lose a little bit, Kentucky sends a message to the rest of the country that all they gotta do is work just a little bit harder. Just a little bit. We want them to be like, we're just giving up because these people destroyed us in Kentucky. This is not even worth us having this fight anywhere else. And so we just opened an office um, today, so we said we're gonna come to 1619, the gathering place, this is an incredible space. I hope you all keep supporting this place. It's always a home for us to come and have these conversations and have these meetings. And tomorrow, that's right, give it up to 1619 gathering place. Incredible folks. Um, and of course we have also here with us today Tamika Palmer, who is, of course you all know, I don't need, he needs no introduction to this space, but Rihanna's mom and Janiyah's here and other family and friends. Um, and, I, and, I, and I say this because I made a commitment. And you know, I'm from New York, I'm a woman of my word, I don't go back on my word. And I promise you that I'm gonna do whatever I can with everything that I have to ensure that Daniel Cameron gets paid back for what he did to you to become I'm, I'm I will never, I will never forget. There's a lot of reasons not to vote for Daniel Cameron. There's a lot of reasons to organize against Daniel Cameron. So I can sit here and list them and these folks will talk about them. But I will tell you for me personally, Rihanna Taylor's personal for me. And so I hope that that is one of the motivating things that gets folks out to the polls. But lastly, what I will just say, um, is that we are, we, we, it, it's good to have a family meeting, but then we gotta have instructions for what we're gonna do. Amen. Because we, you, you hear us say this all the time, Until, what we're known for at Until Freedom is something called we outside. We like outside. We like to be in your neighborhood, we're gonna knock on your door, we're gonna talk to grandma sitting outside, we're gonna find the young fellas on the corner and be like, are you registered to vote? We have to do the work. And our people oftentimes in part, in, in every city in this country, like places like the West End, that's where the Democratic Party doesn't even want to venture.
Because they're like, this low propensity voters, these people don't even vote, I'm not gonna even waste my time. But guess what? If you talk to these people, you figure out what they care about, you have an actual conversation with them, you dignify them, guess what? They will go to the polls, and we've seen that happen all across this country, and we know that some of you have done that work here. So I, my job is to tell you that tomorrow, at 4 o'clock, we're going to be meeting outside the Carl Braden Center, which is um, 3208 West Broadway. See, I know my address is in Louisville. And we're going to meet up there, and we're going to have some food together because people will be leaving work and coming to, to, to hang out with us over there. And we're going to have voter registration forms, and we're just going to hit the streets. And we're just going to talk to everybody and make sure that people are registered to vote. We also have a link that people will have on their phone some people will be like, I think I'm registered to vote. I might be registered to vote, but our job is to be able to say, well, let me find out if you registered to vote and I actually look you up on. Sometimes you moved. People will tell you they registered 15 years ago. That's cool. But how many times have you moved since 15 years ago? Oftentimes a lot. So that's going to be our job tomorrow. So you all are here because we're hoping that some of y'all or people that weren't able to come and be at this family meeting tonight will be with us tomorrow at four o'clock outside the Call Braden Center. We're gonna be doing this with local Kentucky who have been doing this work already here um, in, in Kentucky. Um, so I appreciate that. There's been a lot of great organizations, Kentucky Cave, Black, a lot of good organizations that have been really on the front lines, you know, and so we just we're just coming here to be an add, a supplement to whatever good work is already happening here. Hopefully that our presence here just elevates the work that's already happening. So I'm just here to say, Daniel Cameron cannot and will not be the next governor. Okay. So, sometimes we all need motivation. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm uninspired. Um, and there's a lot of things that happen, and you've probably heard some really bad stuff already happen to us. We, people, our people haven't even been here for 48 hours. And people are already sending death threats to our hotel, telling people they know what color car we drive. You know, people of course who target to meet us specifically. And just so you know, we are not easily afraid, and we are not going to back down. And that's probably why you see some of our brothers that are here today. We're just gonna, we're all we got. So that's we're gonna right. keep each other safe. Right. So yeah. I just want you to know we're not intimidated. We don't know who these people are, where they came from, and what they want from us. But we will not stop doing what we're doing. So as they say, all scheduled programming is still scheduled. So we're up here, these fabulous folks are up here, just to kind of dig in a little deeper. What needs to be done? What is already happening? Why do we got to do what we got to do? And it's going to be moderated by my dear friend, Reverend Mark Thompson. He be outside with us whenever we need him outside. Mark, um, Mark is the organizing. I mean, he, he is wherever, wherever there is an injustice, Mark Thompson's outside. He's one of the best organizers um, in this country. He's been around a long time, um, a little longer than us, like not that much longer. He's still a young man, but a little longer than me. Because Tamika been calling me over. Now you're not over. She said you've been around for a long time. I said a long time, but a little longer. But she said it right. She said I'm old. So this is Reverend Thompson. He's amazing and incredible. He's a historian. He's an organizer, and he's going to be moderating a discussion with these incredible people that are on this makeshift state that we made for you all today. So give it up to the Reverend Mark Thompson. Thank you. Let's hear it for Linda Sarsour, our dear sister, one of the most powerful organizers in the country in her own right. Let's give until freedom around the world. And uh, it's good.
doing is um, is very important with me. <laughs> okay. Um, before I introduce our panelists, you know, the phone has been ringing off the hook. Many of you have heard about some of the death threats that have been coming in. People monitoring what types of vehicles Tamika's in, what hotel she's in. And when I was flying in here yesterday, I had on a shirt. I've got a few of them, so it's not the same shirt. I've got a few of them. Um, and the looks that I got, that I received, most of them were positive. There were a few folks that like they were personally offended. Why would you be personally offended? Right. And so I just kind of tried to unpack that. And logic took me to a place where these are folks who obviously uh, are police sympathizers and don't even know what they're doing with it. There was no reason that we should have lost our dear sister, sister Tamika Palmer's daughter. Give her a round of applause. She's sitting right out in front row with the bad red locks. Um, and I thought about it this morning. Who would be motivated? What would be the motive right now to call and threaten Tamika Mallory? Well, I don't know. Here in Louisville, what would be the motive? Unless, now why are we here? We're here to stop no good Uncle Tom. Daniel Cameron, that's why we're here. If he doesn't stop himself first, you know, the way he's going, he may not need much help, but we're going to be here to see it through. What would be the motive? That's why we're here. So then the question becomes, are the people calling to threaten Tamika working for him? That's a logical question, is it not? So should he not come forward and decry yeah, sure. and denounce any threats of violence toward another black woman who is here ex exercising her First Amendment rights and all of you here and your right to vote. Should he not denounce that? Especially since he did nothing to bring justice to Breonna Taylor. So I, I think that's an approach we've got to take as much as we are concerned about the threats and the reactions we ought to have are wholly appropriate. But I think we also, all, to, all of us together, should also sing from the same sheet of music and say, well, Dan, Daniel Cameron, what are you gonna do? There's no, there's no other context. We're, we're not here to go to the, what was the thing they had? The bourbon, what was the thing they had? We ain't coming for the bourbon and beyond. We came here to stop you. And as soon as we cross the threshold of this city, we get death threats. So, maybe he ought to be called to task on that. Amen, everybody agree with that? Yes. I'm gonna introduce our panelists and we're gonna get right into the conversation. Carla F. Wallace, who is seated to my immediate left, has been engaged in organizing around racial and economic justice and against war and occupation, amen, for decades. They do it, they did it like they did me. When they did people like us, they ran a long time. You're not old though. Carla's not old to me. I'm not old either. 
We know who. She is a co-founder of Surge, showing up for racial justice. Which, Linda writes, which works to bring white folks into the fight for multiracial democracy. And just pause for a minute. Dr. King died leading the largest multiracial movement in the history of this country. White folks were drafting Dr. King to run for president in 1968, in the spring of 68, on a ticket, a peace ticket, with Dr. Benjamin Spock. He didn't want to do it. So just understand, when we talk about multiracial activism, if we're gonna sing happy birthday every January 15th, we ought to remember that's what the man gave his life. In the middle of that, he was killed for doing that. Amen? Amen. Carl is also the co-founder of the Fairness Campaign, recognized nationally for its struggle for LGBTQ justice and centering racial justice. Let's give Carl a round of applause. Next, we have Sister Shamika Parrish Wright. Thanks for letting me come back in your city again. It's rude to come in folks' city and not thank them for having you. She's a mom of six and grandma of three. The youngest, youngest grand, looking grandmother that's Youngest looking grandmother that's you look good. She's a wife, a consultant, vocal Kentucky director, organizer, fighter. Wait a minute, is vocal Kentucky in the house? Yeah. Don't sound like too many people from vocal Kentucky. I can't hear nobody. Anybody in here? Y'all sure y'all here? I don't hear you, what? Okay, it's like, all right. It says vocal Kentucky, that's why I'm trying to, okay. Vocal Kentucky director, organizer, fighter, bridge builder, and truth sayer who ran for Louisville mayor, amen? And now, Metro Council District 3. District 3 in the house. So we gonna be voting for at least two things. Huh? I think I just said something. All right. <laughs> and she was one who was right here on the front lines in this fight for justice for Breonna Taylor. And you stand on the panel with us, Linda? You gonna stand there? So we saw, we heard from Linda Sarsour who introduced herself, co-founder of Until Freedom. And probably at this day, in this country, in this hemisphere, the most widely known Palestinian liberation activists in And also here with us to my immediate right, also a co-founder of Until Freedom, our dear brother, attorney, strategist, mastermind, Angelo Pinto. So, Carla, since you're right here next to me, I'm gonna start with you. Because we know there are a lot of reasons, not just what he didn't do for this family, people not to, I mean, if that had never happened, we don't need no damn camera, right? 
Tell our audience, and this is being streamed, so people are gonna be seeing this all over the world. Tell our audience his posture toward the LGBTQ community, Daniel Cameron. Yeah, so, um, it's an honor to be here with everybody, and I consider Daniel all right. Better. So anyway, I just wanted to uh, say I'm honored to be in this room of freedom fighters. Yeah. Because right. if folks are here in one way or another, in these times, it means we are stepping up to say no to what we don't need and yes to what we do need. And part of what's happening in this country is there's a rising white nationalism. And I'm sorry, despite the uh, how it looks, Cameron is part of that. And it's about a decision by a whole lot of people, and it goes beyond Trump, that this country is meant for and by and of white people. And there's not room for anyone who isn't part of that whiteness. And that includes some white people if they're LGBTQ. It includes women who want control over their bodies. It includes disabled people. It's like there is no room in this white America for anyone who's on the margins. And Daniel Cameron is part of carrying that message. The stakes here in Kentucky are high for us in Kentucky in terms of a, of a Kentucky that includes all of us. But we are also in the spotlight in stopping the rise of fascism. It's one of the only governorships in the hands of the Democrats, and we know the Democrats don't always do us good. But I tell you what, if we don't stop fascism, if we don't say no to white nationalism, there will be no space for our fights for housing, for the environment, to end war, for LGBTQ rights, for women's rights, etc. So we have to say... All right. Thank you for this question. I first want to ask all the black men in this room to raise your hand with me, please. Raise your hand. All right. You know, often, especially as we have launched against, this is important to know that it's not easy as a black woman for me to ever do anything against black men. I love black men. I was raised by a black man. And he dealt with a lot of the same issues that we're dealing with here in Louisville, Kentucky and across Kentucky. So some people think that me as a black woman and other women are being used to launch this campaign against Daniel Cameron. We know it is warranted because he had a chance to do right by Breonna Taylor. He had, a right, he had a chance to do things right by our whole city and our whole state. And even though he is a Republican, when he was elected as Attorney General, I celebrated that. I didn't vote for him, but I celebrated that because that was a win for our black men, even if they choose to be Republican. But what he has shown us since he's been elected, that he's not with our people. And not bringing justice to Breonna Taylor is an injustice. And I don't sin against my people. I'm not for sale. So it's important to me that when I, I'm up here, I'm up here as somebody is very conscious of the double consciousness that I have to live and that all my black men have to live. But if you're here tonight, you would have done right and brought justice for Breonna Taylor 
and I know that I'm in the right space tonight. Are you in the right space? That's right. Louisville and Kentucky has an issue with poverty, with over-policing, with lack of services, with lack of funding. We have so many things that people like Daniel Cameron will never be impacted by. And it's not his fault. He chose money. He chose privilege. But the rest of us, we have to find justice. We have to fight injustices so that we can live, we can survive, and we can thrive. Nobody's asking for special favors. We're asking for equality, for fairness. And we're not getting it. Some of you know I fought against the Democratic Party as people worked hard to keep me out of this nomination process. And I won, and it wasn't easy. I had to hire a white lawyer who had nothing to lose and who didn't plan to run for office. Because Kentucky in its corruption plays the long game. It's retaliatory. And we all know that if you're at a certain job and you say something and people don't like it, they can pick up the phone and shut you down. It's not just white people doing that. It's Daniel Cameron's and others. Daniel Cameron had a long game to get to governor, and he didn't care if he had to not bring justice for Breonna Taylor to do that. He made his choice long ago. These things that are happening have already been in play. So we've been, in the, since 2020, trying to find a way to deal with this. And I'm thankful that you all are showing up because it shows that we too have a long game. Life is longer than you think if you live long enough. And it's short when it's taken from you by those who have been hired to protect and serve. When you work to save lives and your life didn't matter. When you lie to someone's mother and you don't give her justice. When you shut the family off and you have the audacity to invite them up to Frankfurt to give them more bad news. They didn't want to go up there for that. They were looking for justice. When I watched the bail setting and we were at the square of $15,000, I think about there was a state rep that was allegedly choking his wife with an ethernet cord and got a bail of $25,000 and was out in minutes. Maddenly, $15,000 bail and was out within minutes. Brianna ain't never coming back to us. And so it became, it's bigger than Rihanna. We had George Floyd, but it means so much that we continue this work forward because Daniel Cameron did what he did to make the long plan to be governor. And we cannot allow that to happen. I'm voting for Bashir out of strategy. Not that I think he was perfect. I didn't go to his campaign event because it was at Chase Bank right across from where David McAtee was killed after he approved the state troops to come in. We worked hard to keep those state, the, the violence, the anything that people thought was gonna happen, we stayed downtown to keep that out of the West End. And they intentionally went there and caused that. And now a black man, David McAtee, is no longer here. See, I can do what's right and do what's right for the people and have my personal feelings. Not electing Daniel Cameron is for the people. No matter how you feel, it is the right thing to do, to get in that poll and to vote. Democrats ain't giving me no extra love. I'm a down ballot candidate. You don't hear them talking about me. 
I've been a Democrat all my life. But I know why I do it. I, I show it for the people. So this is what Louisville needs. We need people, no matter what money is out there, and privilege and status, who are gonna do the right thing by the people. That's what you have in me, and that's what you have when you go to those polls and you vote for a candidate other than Daniel Cameron. And before we get out of here, um, we're gonna hear how we can support you. Okay, one, so don't hold on um, for that. Just want to acknowledge a member of my family's here from Louisville, Dr. Daniel King, sitting in the back. He's a member of the legendary King family. Louisville Central High, 900 wins in basketball. Thank you, Daniel, for being here. Uh, Coach, Coach King. Um, Angelo, why, what are the national implications that this race has for people around the country watching this? Why should people around the country be concerned about Louisville and this gubernatorial election? So many reasons. You know, Louisville, I was thinking about it today. I was looking at Louisville on the map. And I was like, you know, Louisville to some is considered the Midwest, right? It's the middle of America, which means a lot of places can get to Louisville relatively easy. There's a lot of experiences around the country that are experiences that Louisville has. But what makes Louisville, so that makes Louisville important, right? And Louisville historically has an, had an important position for black folks, Come on. right? It's had an important position for black folks. And history makes no mistakes, right? Louisville, again, has an important history for black folks. But the reason why the history of Louisville today is as important for black folks as it is, is because of a black woman. And her name is Breonna Taylor, right? Breonna Taylor, not only for the folks in Until Freedom and everyone in this room, Breonna Taylor changed everybody's life. She changed the country. And many of us who've done this work around the country, unfortunately what happens is you hear too many names. And so many names that people forget, people don't remember, people don't even know. But luckily enough for us, Breonna Taylor was one of those names that had some staying power. Mm -hmm. And then not just because it's important to know a name, but because it gave us the ability to galvanize around her name and create power around her name. Which is why you have a sister like Shamika who's running for elected office. That didn't just happen. Katora, who run elected, that didn't just happen. Judge David, give it up for these folks. That did not just happen. That did not just happen. Some of us, many years ago, had the ability to go to Ferguson after Michael Brown was murdered. And what happened in Ferguson is similar to what happened in Louisville. People started to say, we're going to build power here because we're not gonna let this happen again. And you have Cori Bush. Right. Congresswoman Cori Bush, who got elected because of what happened in Michael Brown, or Mike, Mike Brown. And is one of the most important voices we have in office. What I'm saying is that Louisville might be the most important place in the United States right now. Yes, right. yes. Right. Raise your hand if you're from Louisville. 
Give it a take. Do you want to be the most important place in the United States right now? No. Do you want to be the most important place in the United States right now? Oftentimes, elected officials look to places like New York, they look to big cities and say, these are the places that we should be paying attention to. These are the places that leaders who run the country should be coming from. But we are saying, and the reason why we're here today is saying that's not true now. There's another place that's just as important. That's if not equally or more important than everyone, every place else because something important happened here. Because a black woman lost her life, but not only that, when the people in position of power had the opportunity to do something, they didn't do a damn thing. They didn't, not only did they not do a damn thing, when you don't do a damn thing, and you're supposed to do something, that's obstruction of justice. I'm going to say that again. When you're supposed to do a damn thing, because people put you in office to do something. You're the attorney general. He wasn't, I don't know, just a gentleman walking up and down the street. This man was the attorney general of the state. He's hired to prosecute individuals who commit crimes. That's what his job title says. And he declined to prosecute individuals who committed crimes. But this is how twisted America is. They didn't say, you know what, this gentleman didn't do his job. I think it's over for him. America said, let's give him a promotion. And there's people around the country, who, around the state who said, we want him to get a promotion too. What does that mean for Louisville? What does that mean for Kentucky? What does that mean for America? What does that mean for black people? When people don't do their jobs, black people die and they get promoted. What does that mean for black folks? It's a state of emergency perhaps, right? We need to be much more fired up about that kind of a thing in America, because guess what? And we know all to, tomorrow might be your child. Yes. How about tomorrow might be you? Yes. And we know this because people call us every day. Because it is around the country. Every day a black person getting killed by a police officer in this country, just about. Every day. And guess what the United States is doing about it? Nothing. Not a damn thing, just like Daniel Cameron. So I'm gonna stop because I've been talking a long time about this. But the point is that Louisville is critically important because of what happened and because, as Shamika mentioned, the issues in Louisville, guess what? Those are the issues in every black community. Right. Come on now. Yeah. Black people now. It's the issues for every black community in America. Poverty, black men and black people being killed, housing, education, voter decision, it's the same issues. It's the same issues. Louisville is America. Yeah. Louisville is, the difference is though, however, that Louisville is now becoming much more intentional about building its power to change the course of its destiny. 
But this is the other piece, and I'll stop, is that for us, what Louisville also means is that black folks in cities in America where they often say we're the minority, we can influence and change the whole damn state if we want to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we saw that happen yeah. in Georgia. Yeah. Because black, Malcolm said this a long time ago, you determine who go to the White House and who go to the doghouse. That's what we determine and we have to start to realize that that's our power. That's why it's important for folks to run all across this city and state. And Daniel Cameron's to be ousted all across the state because we have the power to do that. And one of the things, and I'm really gonna shut up after this is, all of you in this room are the front line, the front of the front line. And I remember when we had November Couture and I said, you should probably run for mayor. And then she ran for office. Everyone in this room has to start to think, what else am I supposed to do in this city and in this state? And this push to get Daniel Cameron not elected is a moment for us to dive into that and to build power, not for just us to stop that, but for each and every one of you in this room to take your rightful position in this state and in this city. Think about that. What am I supposed to be doing to transform the political and social circumstances in Louisville? Because you're here for a reason. Here you go, Mr. All right. Thank you. All very important points. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. You talk about Malcolm. I'm just saying this just to add to what you said. Malcolm gave his speech the ballot or the bullet, right? Yeah. And he was saying, you know, give us the ballot or we have to do something else. Now look what Daniel Cameron and others are doing to us now. They're taking away the ballot while giving us the bullet. What would Malcolm have to say about that today? Lennon, I'm just up here thinking too, correct me if I'm wrong, if we talk about how groundbreaking um, this moment is, and how historic your daughter's martyrdom is. See, because we have to understand and embrace, even when the tragedy happens, how it is life transforming. As, as Angelo, you know, uh, Jesus was lynched. Even if you don't, even if you're not a Christian, I'm not gonna try to preach anybody, but you know the story. The authorities lynched him on a tree, the state. Big Gregor used to say that if Jesus was around today, we'd all, rather than be wearing crosses, we'd be wearing lethal injection needles. Because that's what it was. We'd be wearing, so, uh, when someone is killed in that way innocently, particularly by the state, 
Their name lives forever. So we always will forever say Jesus and Michael Brown and Brianna and Trayvon. It's also groundbreaking too because Brianna is a woman and we too frequently neglect when these tragedies, and in fact, to date, you know, in recent memory, I think her case may have been um, one that got the greatest amount of attention um, when others were just on page two. So it's the only one federal. So that's important. That's very important that we can find, right? But let me ask you this, though, Linda. Also, as I'm thinking about these intersections. Is this not the highest office or the biggest race where a candidate running for the highest office was involved? He's chief law, top law enforcement officer, right? I'm trying to think of another candidate for office in one of these police shootings or law enforcement shootings in the past 20 years that ran for a higher office than governor. I can't think of one. Can you? I don't think some white ones have, but what you said earlier was important. If we don't crush this That's right. as a state, That's right. so it's a precedent. Then you see what's happening with Mitch right. McConnell, lynching and sticking. Let in a matter of time, Daniel Cameron can replace Mitch McConnell. So we need to crush this. And we need to not make him viable for another office. I'm coming out of here. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Our Kentucky legislator already passed measures to make yeah. even yeah. a Democratic governor right. have to appoint a Republican. Right. So if Mitch McConnell was to well, go somewhere else, yeah. how can a Democratic? How, why would a Democratic governor have to appoint? A because they passed it and made that so. While we were fighting, that's what I was saying. Yeah, we get they distract us and then they yeah they have yeah. their own agenda. Yeah, so they changed it to where Bashir is reelected, and something happens to Mitch McConnell, he would have to replace him with another Republican. And I can see the heads and the bigger heads that never we will never see coming together and trying to make Daniel Cameron an option. So we must we must work together because you're right. If we do something wrong in our jobs and we don't do what we need to do, we don't get promoted. We right. get demoted, right. and so if we, if what Linda brought up earlier was true. This can't be a five thousand dollar vote. I mean, five thousand vote margin. Right. It needs to show all over the state that the message is: we don't want the likes of people who take those That's kind of right. actions. It's not about him being a black man. He had a position to bring justice, and he didn't and do, he it. do it. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate uh, Shamika talking about all around Kentucky. So part of our surge work is we've got folks calling into and knocking doors in rural Kentucky because if we look at only Louisville and Lexington right. Right. and don't win some more of those rural votes, we can't crush him and we do need to crush him. He needs to pay for what he did to Breonna Taylor and his community. Yep. And what we're finding out there is um, that the Democrats have neglected rural people, and rural people are struggling and hurting. Right. And when we talk to them, we have a 20% shift margin. Wow. Meaning, if they're saying, yeah, but I'm kind of thinking about the
the Republican, we talk to them, 20% of them shift to say, oh, he doesn't represent my interests. He doesn't care about poor people. He doesn't care about rural people. That's our work. We've got an organizer in Letcher County and in Boyd County. We're working South Louisville because we have to get, we don't need all the white people, but we need more of them than we have to join with a black and brown led vision for the change we need in this community and in the country. Seeing it move. Yeah. Yes. Um, you all know Bishop Barber with the Poor People's Campaign. Yeah, he's coming. He's coming. Well, so well, he didn't wait because he just texted me. And we appreciate all your support of, of us, Bishop Barber. Um, he just said something that blew my mind. I don't know why I'm surprised, but it's still mind blowing. 30. The, the electorate in Kentucky. Third, of the electorate, 39% are people who live in either low-wage or poverty. Yeah. It's almost 40%. Yeah. Yeah. So almost it's, half it's the right. state it's right. is poor and low-wage. Low so, I mean, I think you're right. Folks don't really have, I mean, what? They don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to improve, uh, improve your condition, Talk to our audience, because I know people around the country, because some people still can't wrap their mind around the fact that a Democrat is even a mm -hmm. governor in Kentucky. How did that happen, and how tenuous and slim is it? It's uh, very tenuous and slim. I mean, one of the reasons that we can't pass um, a better, you know, end this commit to incarceration, you know, I don't know if you all have seen the, the study that's out right now. If Kentucky were a country, it would be the seventh highest in locking people up. Yeah. Our state deals with racism and poverty wow. by incarcerating people, putting people in jails right. Right. and in prisons. How many have been to jail in here? I know I have. And it's being exactly and and out in the rural areas, a lot of those folks who are getting incarcerated are poor white folks. And so the approach we take with people is look, it's not about black people taking your jobs or immigrant people taking your jobs. It's about rich people getting richer on the backs of poor people. And when poor people and people of color and LGBTQ folks and immigrants join together, we've got the people power we need. Right. And Absolutely. we can show that and flex that yeah. in this election. Yeah. Yeah. This is a political revolution. Do you want to be part of a revolution? Raise your hand if you want to be part of a this is, this is a political revolution. Let me tell you why. Right? Let me tell you why. What we know is, well, I probably shouldn't say this. What we know is, don't steal things up. I'm gonna say it anyway. What we know is, oftentimes, mostly, look at, look at, look at Glitch McConnell. Glitch McConnell. No, I just made that up today. She said Glitch, but I said Glitch McConnell. I made it up there. So listen, we know oftentimes. Nine out of ten times, the Republicans ain't worth a damn. They trifling, as trifling as they could be. But we also know, unfortunately, our Democratic brothers and sisters often ain't worth much either. 
something's wrong in America. Incarceration. When you're dealing with poor folks is the remedy. So the reason why we need a political, why this is a political revolution, because we know both sides don't got it right too much. And that's why we say this is a vote for Brianna. Because Brianna made us say we need something different. This ain't working no kind of way. This ain't working no kind of way. We need, and Malcolm, a friend of mine, I like his words, he famously said he wasn't a Democrat or a Republican. He was one of the victims of the Democrats and the Republicans. And most of us are too. We're victims of the political system. Now we've participated because we know we have to engage. Some of us are savvy enough and sophisticated enough to know we can't just say we're not gonna be a part of the political process. But it doesn't mean we don't have enough sense to know most of this don't work no matter how you slice it. So a political revolution says we gotta change all this up. We gotta change it all up and we gotta change it up fast. So that's what I want you all to remember you're a part of. You're not a part of the existing system. The existing system that doesn't get it right most of the time. You're part of a new political, say it with us, a political revolution. That's what you're a part of. You're a part of individuals who say something terrible happened, nothing good came of it, well, in terms of them doing their job, but we're gonna build something that we need that our communities need. We're gonna put new individuals in office and we're gonna transform the Democratic Party and if they don't get they together, we gonna do something else with them too. Mm -hmm. That's what we're saying now. We're becoming sophisticated enough to say, we know we need something different. And guess what? We good enough to be to something different. And if the Democratic Party doesn't adapt, guess what? We have the independence and freedom to create something new. And it's probably high time that we did anyway. It's high time that we did anyway. The brilliant thing that's happening around the country, and I think Louisville is at the epicenter of it. When you look at the Couturas of the world, the Shamikas of the world, the Tracy Davises, these are individuals who represent something different. The Corey Bushes. They may be aligned with the Democratic Party, but this ain't your old, same old Democratic Party. These are individuals who are sophisticated enough to know something's wrong there, but they're going to represent something different. And we're building enough momentum and enough energy that we can create something new. Look at how many folks don't vote at all. I wonder why that is. I wonder why people don't vote. Maybe it's because both parties ain't worth nothing. They haven't been energized. They haven't been directed in the right kind of way. Now imagine how many of us who can vote who are disenfranchised. We talk about felon disenfranchisement. That's right. Particularly in a state like Kentucky with the history that it has. When you put all of those individuals together, when you mobilize them, when you educate them, that is the foundation of your political revolution. You can do whatever you want in this country once you do that. And there's enough folks who are, raise your hand if you're a Democrat. Raise your hand if you're not happy with the Democratic Party. There's enough Democrats who ain't happy with the Democratic Party that they'll jump ship to. You have what you need to create a political revolution in this country. The question is who's gonna do it. 
And I say it's going to be us. And it got to be now. And it's probably the individuals of Louisville who are willing to put something on the line. Right? And this election, as we said, is so important because it's the moment where we get to send the message. We get to send the message. Daniel Cameron is running for governor because he didn't do anything around the death of Breonna Taylor. You think this man would have ran for governor had this not happened? No, he would not. He'd be sitting in his little attorney general job, he'd be happy. That's right. It propelled him. Injustice propelled him. And we have to be responsive enough to that, not only to stop him, to put, but to build the political revolution we need. That's what Brianna means to me. A political revolution, a social revolution. That's what it means to me. Because what we know is, guess what? It's Brianna's all across this country. And there's gonna be another Brianna tomorrow. And if we don't do something about it, it's going to be more and more and more Brianna's. And we can't have it as black folks. We just can't have it. Amen. Amen. Um, we're going to go to the floor. Here's a couple. Before we do that, though, you were about to say something. And even if you weren't, I said what okay. <laughs> And this is kind of uh, veggie-backing off what Angela just said. Because um, we know... Democratic Party and always do what it's supposed to. And I want to just pinpoint, be very specific in terms of putting money and resources in places where it should be. So talk to us about that as, as thin of a margin as it is. What, what are the polls saying right now, by the way? How close are they, the two, two candidates? How, you got the updates from the polls. How, how, how close are the two? Um, I mean, the polling ain't good. Um, he, Daniel Cameron is down in most of the polls, but he's only down sometimes 2%, sometimes it's 4%. Digit. The most we've seen is 10%, and that's not the norm. So he's between 5, 4, 5, 6. And so the point is, oftentimes, that's the margin of error. And I want to remind people about the last gubernatorial election, just to give you some perspective. So it was Andy Bashir running against a guy named Matt Bevins. Matt Bevins was the wackest white man like, no, no charisma, bland as a bland white man can be. Uh, milk toast, as Angela would call him. Wonder bread. Wonder bread. Uh, a lot of wonder, just bread. That shit crazy. Yeah, and that too, and that too. Y'all having a good time. But the reason why I bring that up is because um, even with that, with the Matt Bevins, it wasn't much of nothing. Andy Bashir only beat him by 0.37%. That's right. That's only 5,000 votes in the entire state of Kentucky. Ooh. It's not enough. Now you have an accomplished black man who was the first black attorney general of the state of Kentucky. He's visible. He's supported by many in the National Republican Party. He's the sidekick of Mitch McConnell. He was endorsed by Donald Trump. Who did he marry? He married somebody. And he married some white. No, he married somebody in Mitch McConnell's family. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, some, some relation. Yeah. 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 yeah, someone who has, obviously, in the larger Mitch McConnell circle, so he married. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of Republicans out there. So he married a white woman. And usually that's fine. I mean, marry whoever you want, love who you want. The point, of this, the point of what I'm saying is that what worries me about this election is now you have this accomplished black man who has made history in the state. He's the first black attorney general of Kentucky. Whether you like the, the Daniel Cameron or not, the guy got a little charisma. 
he's a polished man, he got all the degrees that anybody wants to have, and he's able to put forth the message, and actually if you listen carefully to what he says, he doesn't come off as batshit crazy as some of these other Republicans that are running around the country. So, so for some people, he might even be saying some things that sound like common sense or sound like things that make sense to people. So if, if Bashir beat Matt Bevins only by 5,000 votes, that means we got a, lot, a whole lot of work to do. And the difference between also back then and now is we've been through a lot of things since then. You went through a global pandemic. You went through George Floyd. You went through Breonna Taylor, racial justice uprisings across the country. People can't pay their rent. We are in a time of great inflation. People are calling it the silent depression. People can't have regular jobs. They can't even feed their families. I mean, everything, gallon of milk, the eggs, like you, you basic things. So my point is that we're in a different time. So people want to compare things to other times, but you're in a different time right now. And so for me, I'm sitting around like, what, what are we going to do? Because the people that might have even voted before might not want to vote now. And so that's our job to talk to every single person, right? To get people to understand how important it is to be, to participate in this election. And Mark asked this question to Angela early, and I'll tell you this. You already know in the last few years the attacks on, quote, any group that's been affiliated or looked to see be, like basically anybody that's like Black Lives Matter, you know, that whole kind of movement around Black Lives. The opposition has weakened that movement. They have targeted national leaders. They've targeted the organization. You know how it is, the money, this, that. Really, it's all about just undermining the work that has been done all this time, right? Putting a lot of people outside to do the work without the resources that they deserve to do the work. And so what I'm saying to you is it's not the same. So right now we're working with a lot less than what a lot of people had just a few years ago. But the last question I was asking is, is the Democratic Party doing what it needs to do to see to it that they hold a gubernatorial seat in Kentucky? So the word on the street is that Bashir has outraised Daniel Cameron. So he's outraising him money-wise, right? And they have uh, hired organizers from different parts of the community, including some folks out from this area, some folks in the room as well. We always know that the Democratic Party could always be doing better. And there are some parts of the West End where we looked at voter turnout rates that are really low. But what I'm saying, my point is to say that there are people that have legitimate reasons why they don't want to vote, right? They're like, what, what, what's anybody doing for me? What, how is this gonna change my material conditions right now in this yeah, moment? Yeah. And it's hard for us to explain. The last thing I'll say is, I was looking at the deadlines for the deadlines and the things that you're supposed to do for voter act. And I'm, and I'm smart. I'm telling you, I'm a really smart person. And it was confusing to me. Something about early voting with excuse. Early voting without the excuse. September 23rd, you gotta have your absentee ballot if you want it. But if you, if the voter registration deadline is October 10th, but if you do that, you still can't be part of early voting. What? How are you gonna explain that to a regular folk in our communities and the places we wanna organize? And guess what? It is intentionally confusing. That's the whole point of it. I asked Nicole, I said, hey, can you tell me where the early voting site? Apparently close to the West End, there's only one. So everybody in the West End has one polling site that they're supposed to all find their way to, right? That's not, it's not, uh, the African American Museum or something like that? Yeah. 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 That, that's not in New York. In New York, there's gonna be a whole lot of early voting places. Make it accessible and convenient for people to, to vote. So the point is in states like Kentucky, 
the voter suppression out here is real. Yes. So that means the folks doing the work got to do the overtime work, but they can't also do the work without you. And I'm, not, and I'm gonna say this one last thing too. I'm unnerved because I always got a whole lot. I'm like Angela. I got. I'm always fired up. I wake up like this every day. But I'm unnerved. The fact that you could be organizing and just registering voters and doing regular old stuff like this is nothing spicy about this. Right. Checking people's voter registration. You open an office because you want to mobilize people, and people want you to die. People want to intimidate you. They scare the poor people at the hotel. These poor people at the hotel, they're supposed to be to check you in and do hospitality. They're not supposed to be picking up calls at a hotel. People telling you they know what kind of cars you drive. I'm telling you that in this country, we, we talk about 1960s and everybody talks about things like they were a long time ago. They're right now. Right. This is the same right shit people were dealing right with now. in the 1960s. Right. Closing right. poll sites, blocking people from voting. Uh -huh. Even when people did the things and the requirements and paid the poll tax and all the things, stopping people from That's voting. Right. And so I will say that, yes, mm -hmm. Andy Bashir, we're not going outside saying he's the best thing that ever happened to us, but you know damn well sure that Andy Bashir needs to be the governor of the state. Yeah, because he's actually the one thing, the one human being with the Republican majority house and a Republican majority said he's literally the only thing that gets to block some of the most right. horrific right. things that could be happening in the state. Right. Yeah. So whether you like him or not, for me, when people say voting, that's not how we're going to get liberated. I tell people, I don't know when you ever heard us talk about liberation through the ballot box. That's never a thing that we've ever preached. One tool. It's a tool. Well, we say, we actually say that voting is harm reduction. That's, right. that's what I believe about voting. Voting is about trying to reduce harm. I don't want to be part of a legacy where I'm so self-righteous yeah. that I'd rather sit at home and allow some horrific right. human being that's going to yeah. put forth bad policies that are going to harm our people more. Yeah. So if people are already yeah. being incarcerated, guess uh, what? More incarceration. Uh, that's, right. what, that's what Daniel Cameron said. Going after marginalized people. He's unequivocally pro-police. He, he will defend police with his life and will never one time come out and, and criticize any police officer that it gave. For God's sakes, you couldn't prosecute police officers who murdered a woman. We have to go to Washington, D.C. with Tamika. Tamika Palmer had to go to Washington, D.C. With a, with, a, with a petition to tell the federal government, my state failed me, my attorney general failed me, now it's your job. And if it wasn't for the federal government under this administration that she was able to get some cops and die in, that I mean, Kentucky failed her. So, so when someone asks you, well, why do you vote? Just tell people, listen, I'm, I'm out here trying to do some harm reduction. Yeah. I'm not trying to transform the world through the ballot box. I just want to reduce harm on the people that I love and people that deserve not to be harmed in my city and state. But then tell them, join the political revolution. Because we're going to start with the harm reduction, but something got to come up after that. Because we ain't going to stay in harm reduction. That's enough of that shit. That's right. So now it's a political revolution after we do the harm reduction. Yeah. We yeah. can do two things at once, can't we, friends? Yeah. 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 Okay, quickly, we're going to get some questions. Now, people don't really know how to do this anymore in town halls. People like to give their own speeches. None of y'all like that here, though, I know, right? So just a quick in and out question for... Yeah, I was trying to get you to say something. Anymore. Are you talking back? What are you talking about? Can I, Savvy, can you come up here? I want to talk about why it's important to have these, this work led by our black men. Savvy had his rights restored and yeah. he had a yeah. from Governor Bashir. Yeah. Uh, we worked together to build a project. Wow. I
believe, Tamika, and I believe until freedom when you say that you get threats, because while we were at the Bell Project doing that work at the square, we got the death threats. I had to hire security to protect my team. But I've asked Savvy to come up here because he's leading some work. Well, how many people did we get to go, finally get to go inside the jail and register to vote? So we are inside the jail. This is our second year. Um, Savvy Shabazz, I'm president with all of us in Durham, Kentucky. I'm also founder of Life Coach and Teach One. I designed that program while I was in prison. I was disenfranchised from 2002 to 2022. Wow. And I walked into the polls and I voted with the same individuals to help me get my rights back. And Turner Harris told me, stay proud. She said, where do you need me at? I said, I don't need you behind me. I need you up front. I need you right beside me. So we're doing a lot of good work. We're going into the jails. Because we have people inside of our jails all across this state for pretrial. I bailed people out when Shabinka was my supervisor for $12.50. Oh in New York, $25. $50. And you're telling me this person can't vote just Come because on, they're locked right. up? Right. We're not having it. Yeah. We dug in and we right. found a clause where they're actually supposed to be allowing people to Come vote. And it's not Good. a privilege, it right. is a right. We got work to do in Kentucky. We got a lot of work to do here in Louisville. We're covering the grounds. Canvassing, I was so happy when I heard you all say you were canvassing because my data shows canvassing is the number one engagement across the state. Number two, texting. We use Hustle Out. I'm a member of FICPFM, formerly incarcerated convicted people and families movement. We have sent over 80,000 texts since the pandemic. And we're carrying up again. So we got work to do. And I'll be out here in the streets with you. I'm from the streets. I love the streets. And we're going to be out here with you. Yes, sir. Early voting. Right. And Savvy's going to be out doing this during early voting. So to go with Linda, we've been dealing with all the confusion, but we still get out there, get people to the polls. And in rural, uh, the work that LSEARCH is doing in SURGE, period, in rural counties, the jail is a lot of po people's polling place. Wow. And so, and here they wow. use the schools too. So when you were asking about certain locations, it's just been hard. But we work with what we got. And we make lemonade out of lemons. Right. Thank you, Brother Sammy. Thank you for that story. We appreciate it. Hands, a hand. One more. My hand, my hand, real quick. A hand. You know, the brother, you know, this is a shame, and I, and I am going to probably contradict myself and date my age a little bit. When Nelson Mandela was being elected, some of us flew to South Africa. For the purpose, this is 30 years ago, for the purpose, I was only five, for the purpose of registering the brothers in prison. Because the ANC said, this is the first election, it, these are people who were actively incarcerated, not released. So we went into the prisons to get them ready, and they voted, they had voting booths inside the prisons in South Africa. And we just now in this country, just now, Okay, hands. Yeah, come on, come to you, brother. I, I, I got it. I'm up, my voice is loud. I'm loud. We do the mic just in case because he's filming. We'll be sure you're here. All right, AB. Well, it's more of a statement because I heard I heard y'all talking about uh, people not voting. A lot of people don't understand that they vote actually matter how to use they vote. Mm -hmm. So what I do is get people registered or telling people to vote is. Tell them, man, go to your metro council, hold them people accountable. That's right. Go lobby, go to go right. to Frankfurt, hold them people right. accountable. I'm lucky to have uh, mentors like 
Sammy that took me to Franklin and had me speak and had me help me uh, work on my craft, delivering. Uh, but yeah, we, we don't understand how to use our phone, how our phone actually matters, because we don't go to Mass. That's right. That's right. We don't know nothing about this. It took, uh -huh. uh, now, that actually take me to my first Metro Council meetings, like, man, you standing under protesting. Hey, this building right here, right behind me is so important. This is where you need to be at. So by doing that, I seen, oh, this is how I hold them accountable. We don't know how to hold them accountable. No one texts us this because we're too busy. They keep us busy because what? We poor. So we ain't got time to take a break. We don't have no time. So we always on go, on go, on go. But sometimes you got to take a break. You got to take that break and hold them people accountable. The only way you want to do is to show up. As, as we approach approaching people, are we saying vote for Brianna? Are we saying a vote for Shamika is a vote for Brianna? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, seriously. Good. That's good. This is what we gotta say. What's, what's, your, what's your name? Thank you, Mark. May I hold the microphone? He's trained. He's trained. You gotta hold the mic. First of all, I just wanted to say to you, uh, Shamika, when you said, I believe you because of the death threats that you have received here, I just wanted to make sure people know, because you know, when you say you have received death threats, yeah. even your own people don't believe they you. Don't they think it's like um, like you trying to get some attention or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, I'm, okay. I'm still right, Mark. He's right there. He's there. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, but, they, but they didn't come to me, to be clear. The death threats did not come to me. Someone has been calling the hotels in the city. Um, and you know, and, and that's good because I don't have to argue with people about a private call that came through on my phone and whether or not it's true. The hotel has been receiving it and it really makes us feel so um, sad, not for us, because we've already committed to where we stand. We know that any day anything can happen and when you put yourself out here, there must be a divine connection and faith that you have that if it's my time, it's my time, but my, my work will mean something one way or the other. So I believe that and I believe in God's protection. But what does make me feel sad is that I know a person making $18 an hour, maybe even less, that's answering the phone in a hotel, getting a call saying that the lobby is gonna be shot up of the hotel, that's scary, you know? And yeah. last night, um, you know, the way in which the hotel staff, there's multiple hotels that have received this, these calls, but this particular staff, you could tell they were shaking. They were shaking, um, the police officers took it seriously, I have to say that. And yeah, they were, well, that's, that's how the, um, the federal government got involved, the FBI and others, because they started talking about shooting the hotel. So it's very different, you know, me, they probably say, okay, well, we feel bad for right. you, but, mm -hmm. you know, but the property, hope it doesn't happen. But since we know mass shootings, you know, are really happening, that's scary for somebody that just wants to make it home to their family. Yes, and it's so unfair to have them caught up in that. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure that we really put in context, it's not just us running around wanting people to feel sorry for us. We really are talking about a community that could be harmed at any moment, including in this space while we're all sitting here together right now. But one of the things we know is that there's a sacrifice for there to be progress. And all of us are a part of that. And the fact that you came here today, no matter if it was just your friend asked you to come or you just happened to pass by, 
you are truly a part of a movement, as Angelo has said. Yes. And here's the thing that I just want us to, to really leave with everyone. Um, I've been having a little bit of anxiety over the last couple of weeks just thinking about the work that is going to uh, go into this, if we're going to win. Um, and I know we can because I've watched us do things that was un unbelievable, unreal. You can't believe that it happened. And it did. And it took time, but it was hard work. And one of the things about us is that when it's a, the brother was saying, you know, people are busy, got a lot going on. We all busy. We don't even live here. So our homes, again, we left them to come here to be a part of this community. And even yesterday when I got the phone call that, um, that the death threats were coming through, I was on the phone FaceTiming with my granddaughter. And I had to step away from that to talk on the phone and get this other call. So we all, as a community, are dealing with this sacrifice. And I know we're tired, don't really even care to show up at the polls. I get tired every time anybody asks me about voting. And it's the place that just makes me feel like I took a drug to go to sleep. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the cycle that we keep getting caught in. We're voting, voting, voting. Then you are basically helping people that when it comes time to make like real radical change for our communities, they do not show up. And that is, and I'm not talking about Governor Bashir, so let's just get that straight before people get into that. I'm just saying, in general, yes. we don't have people in elected office that are going out of their way to make real radical changes for us that we know we need. And so it makes us really tired to constantly be talking about showing up at the polls. And I definitely do not want to be in arguments with black people and especially yeah, right. black men yeah. about old right. white men. That that's is not right. something that's that right. I want to do. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uh -huh. sad that I have to get into arguments with other yeah. black men arguing over which white man is better to represent us. I don't like doing that. But I also understand what's, why we have to in this moment. And so I'm saying all of that to say, we need you to work on this as if your life depends on it. We need you to realize that you don't have to know all the things. You don't have to, you know, because I, I get in that space where sometimes it's something that people are asking me to show up for. And I'm like, well, what can I bring to the table? I don't know the work. I don't understand the issue. I don't get the equations. I can't speak the lingo. I'm not articulate in this issue. And it makes us start to draw away because you don't feel valuable, but you will learn That's if fine. you get in the game. And we can't have it that people believe that a protest, being in the streets and marching, is the only way you can motivate black people to do real hard work, because it's not true. Our history has been that we do the work when it's quiet, in the kitchens, That's in the right. basements, right. in the back rooms, and we have to continue that and be consistent. So I'm just asking you all, wherever you're sitting, if Breonna Taylor or any other issue has motivated That's you right. in the past, That's please right. keep your feet, your ears to the ground. Don't get a flyer and then say, okay, well, I'm going to put it on my page and that's the end of it. Right. When you get a flyer, call 10 people. Hey, did you get this? Can you post it? You have to work it as if it is something that your life depends on. And the last thing, and I'm done, 
is that, oh, sorry, I know I'm not supposed to take you, but that's why you let people go on the mic. The that's why you look at you looking at me. <laughs> that's why, I'm sorry. No, but I just, this is my only contribution and I'm moving on. Um, but, I, but, but, but I will say that the, big, the bigger part, the larger part of the organizing here, and I understand that we are all, we get in groups, right? We get frustrated, like Breeway, you might be like, I don't feel like calling them because, you know, two people we were arguing yesterday or whatever. It's a renewed time. Yeah. It's time to bury old things, put it down. Somebody that you might not be speaking to, you call them up and say, hey, I just want to tell you, like, you called me, yep, because we it's over now. It's not that deep. That's right. Whatever it was, it's not that deep. That's We're in a right. new place, a new time. There's it's new energy, up. and that's how that's we bring right. relationships right. back together with our people push past whatever happened and let's organize, let's stick together, y'all. This is a real, real, real important thing. If it wasn't, we would not, I promise you, we would not be here. And there is no way that I would be sleeping somewhere not knowing if somebody is going to kick a door down or see me in the lobby, blow my brains out. I'm here in another state dealing with that to be with y'all. It's no way I wouldn't do that unless I know. Not that Daniel Cameron winning is a problem for Kentucky, but they are working on something around this nation. Yeah, and Daniel Cameron becoming yeah. governor yeah. is yeah. part of yeah. the fascist, yeah. sexist, fascist. racist mentality yeah. that is beginning to take over the entire country. Yeah. And so if you let it happen here, you will have Daniel Cameron, Ron DeSantis, Governor Kim, and the names go on. Who else we got? I mean, they all over the place. And they are building an army. And what they need is for us to stop paying attention and to stop doing the work and to be too frustrated, too aggravated, too busy, too whatever, too occupied, too drunk, too high, too over-sexualized, whatever we got going on to pay attention and this 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 room is the room to go out and triple the room and do all the things that we need to do to bring the world right 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 uh, what advice would you give to a young person who's interested in political revolution and sees multiple av avenues towards that goal but doesn't know which one to take? Who wants to take that? Uh, Ooh, okay. Tell them what you do right here for you. Okay. In a few weeks. Yeah. Say, you said to teach young people how to get more. What avenue? What avenue? What avenue? I think you have to know your why. I think, like Tamika's saying, this is a long game. Like. Angelo spoke about before, we saw, I was in Ferguson with many of the same people that I've been organizing with, three and four times just being led by the people. But what we saw is after some of the things looked like they calmed down, people were dead, people were being killed and mysterious deaths. And so understanding that when you do sign up, there is a level of sacrifice. And what I say to young people is, um, what are you willing to give up, right? What are you willing to give towards this ongoing movement. Now I, I'm only speaking for myself, I see this movement as a revolving door. You come in, 
You give what you can, and it can go as fast or slow as you want it to. You come out, some of us come out, we go to work, we, we need a job, we need to be able to own a house. Back in the day, I'm not saying he was back there, but back in the day, many people who, and I went bank, I had to, I went bankrupt working for an organization. And I don't want that for the next young person, right? And I was getting married and I was like, I don't want to bring all this debt into there, but I stayed, I had that staying power. So I ask our young people to find your staying power, what drives you? You know, me even learning about Brianna came from Janaya. My daughter Shamari knew, watched her social media, went to school with her, and she saw something you posted way back in March. And I have four daughters and two sons, and they're out here in these streets. So I have to live that, because I have to go answer to them. They're my bosses. And so if I was out there, I never met Brianna, but I was out there because that could have been my daughters. That was my wife. I just happened to be in a position that they couldn't call and shut me down, so I used that as a resource to support a movement. But literally, I was in the right place at the right time. Right. A few years earlier, I was homeless. I didn't know if I was getting divorced. So life changes. So this revolving door I'm talking about, you come in and you give what you can. And I will tell you, the movement has not been friendly to young people. You got to know somebody. They make you work hard or they want you to come in for your tech knowledge and then that's it. Send these emails. One person told me, click some newsletters when I was an intern. I mean, newspaper. I said, what? I read my news online. But So we have to make space, but every major movement, every major accomplishment started with young people who were lit, who had that fire, who said, heard the season people say, we, won't, we don't do it that way. They decided that respectability politics wasn't their way. And nice white men and rich white men and respectability politics will kill us. So I, I, we, I did what I did to be a resource to the movement. There is a lot more people like me. We are waiting for more young people to get engaged, but we want you all to tell us how to bring that message to you, how to meet you where you are, how to make sure that you can get involved in this work and really feel like you can make a difference. So it is, it is an ongoing struggle, but find your why. What matters to you most? Is it housing? Is it transportation? Is it civil rights? And then start identifying people who are leaders who are willing to welcome your message. All of them won't, but keep going. Oh. Right. Why you had the floor go? So we don't want to lose people. I know, I'm coming. But there's something important we need to do. There are, before anybody gets gets away, don't forget there are sign-up sheets for tomorrow and beyond. All right, sign up to help canvas and register voters on the tables. Please do that now while we're having this conversation. Oh, yes. What time tomorrow and where? Four o'clock at the call. I say Ann and Carl Braden Memorial Center because Ann was my mentor. Carl was her husband and actually brought her into activism. But 3208 West Broadway is right in between 32nd and 34th and Broadway, Lewis Coleman Jr. Drive in Broadway. It's an older house, but it is where a lot has happened there. Resistors of the movement. Uh, what is his name? I was gonna say Freddie Jackson. Who ran for? <laughs> uh, Jesse, Jesse Jackson. Jesse. Why was I thinking Freddie Jackson? Jesse, Jesse. Jesse Jackson ran for mayor there. The original Black Panther Party met there. So many people, the Black Six. So it's a historic building that until freedom has graciously graciously help us restore. So we're also gonna honor what they did. They gave us $25,000 and we're able to put it into that building. Thank you until freedom. So yeah, tomorrow 4 p.m. is in the West End. Um, Stephanie, stand up. Stephanie is gonna be there with our vocal team and members because I'm actually headed to New York tomorrow, but we're gonna be there 
representing, and she is our staff lead person. We have members and leaders that will be there. Please tell your people and please sign up. And support you, Shamika from Louisville.com, right? Yeah. So I couldn't get my original Shamika Parish Right website back. Those who've been there know that. But so Shamika for Louisville, what I'm doing is for Louisville. I'm running for a Metro Council for District 3 to give district, the district a voice, but there's 26 districts. And so anything that needs to be made, you need 14 votes, according to my comrade, um, Councilman um, Ja'Cory Arthur. But so I'm doing this for the city. I want to follow the money. I want to officially be able to request information and get things done. I'm stepping into a new realm, and I need you there with me. I am a down-ballot candidate. I do not take that for granted. I am the only Democratic person on there because I'm the nominee, but I do have an independent challenger, a brother that I've been talking to. He's running, but I am not taking it for granted. 92 million Amy McGrath had, and she still lost. So don't take Bashir's money that he's raised, like he, that Cameron can't still win this. You still have to put in the work, and you have to get people to vote. Now, if you give me 92 million, I ain't losing nothing. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna change the whole world, But don't take what Bashir has raised for anything, and I don't take it for granted. We still got to do the footwork. Don't pe don't let people say, oh, he got this, he got this. He don't have this if you don't get out there and tell people, vote for this. This is why we're voting. This is a strategy, and we're going to hold his feet to the fire, too. So thank you. All right. Uh, real quick, also, there are shirts. See this beautiful shirt? Over there, be sure you get a shirt. Okay, and then we got how many other how many other hands we have? Just two more. Okay, you want me to get these? No, 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 I don't. But listen, I'm gonna be brief. The young people were on the front lines. That's right. Janiah was there. We met young brother 2K, fearless on the front line. Travis gave his life here in Louisville. That's right. The young people fought like hell. We were in Minneapolis, and it was the young people throwing uh, gas. Uh, tear gas canisters back at the police. It's the young people across this country who fought tooth the nail and often brought the adults into the street, right? There's a sister here named Tasia from Tasia Razorhand from North Carolina. Who you need to get with Tasia? We've been talking about. We're talking today about organizing. How how many young people will be first time voters? Right? We haven't even scratched the surface on what we need to do with young folks. And guess what? It's going to be the young folks who get the young folks. That's going to be the role. So y'all make sure y'all get to get together. And that's something critically important. Just like the brothers were talking about the formerly incarcerated. There's a lot of political revolutions that need to happen in pockets. And one of them is with young folks. That's right. Yeah. You got a question? Oh, yeah. Let me, let me do scissors. And as always, the young people, um, Martin Luther King was 25 when he was called a pastor Dexter, and Malcolm was 27 when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad appointed him to the temple in Detroit. Oh, I thought she was first. Okay. Lonita Baker, uh, most of y'all. Uh, you all know I'm here because I'm always be forever vote for Breonna Taylor. Um, but as we talk, and I've listened to everything, one, I would be voting for Bashir, even if that other man wasn't on the ballot against him. I don't say the Attorney General's name. One, when we talk about disenfranchisement of voters, one of the first things Andy Bashir did when he was uh, elected, elected 
and took office his first time was do an executive order to restore, restore the felon, uh, if you've been convicted of a felony, those people's rights to vote. So he did an executive order. So we have to make sure we know if he was to lose this election, the first thing DC would do is rescind that executive order. How do we know that? Because Andy Bashir is not the first one to do it. His father, Steve Bashir, did it. And Matt Bevin rescinded that executive order. So it's not unheard of that that could not happen. Um, we've only had, so the question earlier was people ask, how do we get a come to having a Democratic governor in Kentucky? not unheard of. We've only had four Republican governors since 1931. That's right. Until 2000, our, our state house, state legislature leaned Democratic, was majority Democratic. When Trump won, house completely flipped. Right. So it's more than just about Andy Bashir. I'm definitely voting for Andy Bashir because D.C. don't deserve anything. I said it, I've said it a number of times. His political career needs to be absolutely murdered, slaughtered. We should never, he should be ex embarrassed to come out after November. That's right, that's right. But we also have an attorney general's race. Yes. And while we always hear Andy Bashir, Daniel Cameron, and Daniel Cameron being one of Mitch McConnell's sidekicks, yeah. Russell Coleman's also one of his sidekicks. Yeah, right. A lot of people may not know that. But Russell Coleman running for attorney general is just as dangerous. You talk about the the detrimental effect to a woman's right to choose. Yeah. If we were to get Cameron and Coleman, yeah. women, we may as well lose this, leave this state. Because yeah. there's no hope if those two are the top two elected officials in this state, we in trouble. Right. Black people in trouble. Right. Anyone that is marginalized is in trouble if we get those two. So not only do we have to make sure Bashir wins, and I, yes, it's stop Cameron, but the only way we're gonna stop Cameron, we talk about, I'm, I'm political revolutionary too, Brother Pinto, you know I'm with you on that. But right now, November, the only way we beat Daniel Cameron is to vote for Bashir. But you also gotta vote for Pamela Stevens for attorney. Right, right, right. Hello, Nicole Yates here. I'm, I'm gonna do two things. One, add on to what Lonita was saying. Um, and so you have to understand that Daniel Cameron's roots run very deep with uh, Mitch McConnell because his campaign manager uh, worked in Mitch McConnell's office. Harry Carmack was his uh, chief of staff for a very long time. So he's heavily, heavily deep into Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell doesn't care about us, black people, Breonna Taylor, or anybody else. Frankly, he doesn't care about himself because He's doing all of this nonsense on TV. Um, no. Okay. The other thing um, I want to say here is um, Tamika speaks of security um, and the threats that have been made. They are real. Um, they are real. But security isn't free. It costs. And so. Um, I, I'm not counting anybody's coins, but if you got $5, you have $10, you have $7. If you give up your cup of coffee, there's a cash app over here. Please give something, something helps so that when they're traveling here to help us, they come here. I don't ask for anything that help, they, I, I beg them to do stuff. Let me help you do this, that, and the other because we couldn't pay them enough for what they've been here That's doing. Right. 
um, for Louisville. And so, and I mean that, they're my family, um, and I would do anything to help them, but there's not enough money in this world. The money they spend to travel here, to stay here, they spend their money here. They, they buy local, all this stuff, so that you guys can eat and come here. Um, when they stay here, they, they get local chefs, they have given locally. So I'm asking you tonight, they did not ask me to do this, please support um, Until Freedom. That I, I bought two jog suits tonight. I paid for them um, tonight. And, and they would have offered me a shirt on any day. Um, but I tell them all the time, I ask them to let me buy them dinner, have time. They won't do that. Anything you can do, we'd appreciate. And the $5 will go a long way because we can all put $5, $7, whatever. Um, Barack did it until freedom can do it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, still trying to say something? We need 10 now. The church, you buy help, also go to UntilFreedom.com. She said at least 10. 10, I said 10. First of all, I just want to say that thank you all for welcoming, welcoming us back here. You know, this is family. Louisville is my second home. I love all of you. Tamika Palmer is family. Breonna Taylor's family is our family. And you know, and, and every time I think about what Daniel Cameron did to her, it's personal to me. You know, it's really a personal issue knowing the love and the, right. the level of kindness and just genuine that this woman is. And this family didn't deserve what happened to them. So to compound that, as a so-called black man, you don't deserve our respect. That's right. And when I speak about black men and I see individuals like that, it's time for us as black men to take back our rightful position right. inside of this society as men. Right. Our women should be protected. He failed to protect the black woman. Come on. That's right. You know, and shout out to Kenny Walker who did do it. And those are the men, those type of individuals that we need on the front line of this movement. You know, I want to shout out the brother. I'm formerly incarcerated as well, so the work you're doing is definitely needed. You know, and the work that I'm doing with Boycott Black Murder, one of our initiatives at Until Freedom is galvanizing black men and men in general That's to right. be on this front line alongside and in front of these women who are risking their lives. That's right. See, Tamika Mallory is getting death threats. A woman, a black woman, because she speaks her mind and she's willing to stand up. So us as black men have to be there to protect our black women. So I'm calling out at the end of this, I want all of the men, black men, white men, whoever that want to be on the front of this movement to make sure that our women are protected so we can galvanize. Because we got to get back to galvanizing together. Because a lot of these women are doing so much, and they, and, 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 and they have always done so much. But it's time for us to do our jobs as men again. So after this is over, please let's meet up, let's get the information, let's start building our coalition again, man. Let's start raising kings again. Let's start having men again that are protecting our communities. Thank you. All right. Right on time. Right on time. Here's a hand over there. Coming back. All right. Last one. Because I'm going to keep it. Because we want to get the brothers to meet. How many of y'all know how a farm works? Because there's a lot, there's 120 counties here in this state. Right. And not all of those counties, not travel across the state doing this work, look like this space right. or look right. like this city, right? I know that's right. I heard Tamika say contribution. 
I heard, I heard Shamika say, what's your why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. On that farm, you got a pig, you got a cow, you got a chicken. The chicken lays eggs, and it goes on about its business. You feeling that? See how he's looking at me right here? And he's like, where is he going with this? You got the cow. It gives the milk. Goes on and eats grass. Uh -huh. The pig has nothing to give but its life. And that's what you have to do when you're doing this type of work. You gotta be willing to lay it on yep, the line. That's right. Be the pig in your community. Mm -hmm. that's right. All right. Be pig. <laughs> Folks, let's hear it for our panelists, Angelo Pinto. Paula Wallace, give her a round of applause. What's your website? S-U-R-G dot org. Surge.org. Okay. All right, let's hear it for Shamika. Shamika for Louisville.com. All right, folks, please sign up. Please get a shirt. Let's give Ancho Freedom a round of applause. Shamika Palmer, who's back there, give her a hey, Shamika, pretty red lights. And Shamika Mallory, let's continue to pray for her safety. But also pray for our feet, because the brothers are going to meet. All right, y'all, sign up. We'll see you tomorrow. Remember, breathe ember. Remember, breathe ember. How about that? Sign and sign and she is too. God bless you all. We out. Remember, remember. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.